so here we are again, Winning Edge podcast with myself, John, Rick, um, my usual partner in crime. So how's things been for you this week? You've been busy? All good, mate. All good. Something's going on in the UK because I'm in Manchester and the sun is shining. You might even get a bit of a reflection off my head as, as yeah, we no, I can see it. It's looking sunnier there than it is here right now. It's been a bit cloudy, but I can't complain. Yeah, I mean, no one's going to listen to that, mate. No one's going. No. no one's going to. No. By cloudy, I mean misty. It's like just misty in the morning. Then it's sunny. Yeah. Then. So what? So warm then? Yeah. Oh warm. yeah, it's still hot. Yeah. 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 Yeah, mate, all good, all good, thank you. Uh, here we are again, another episode. We're a little bit delayed with this one, aren't we? Because uh, yeah, yeah, a week or so. Yeah, yeah, because we, um, how can I put this? Um, we kind of we fucked it up, didn't we? We, we just... Well, to be fair, probably I fucked it up. I mean, I'm the one that's in charge of the fucking software, which is, which is quite scary, really, because my level of technical knowledge is shit so if something just doesn't work then i am completely fucking lost other than turning it off and turn it on again and that didn't fix the problem either so <laughs> yeah last week we recorded fuck all because the record button didn't work but yeah, yeah. I, don't anyway. I mean and those who know me closely will know that my level of tech capability wasn't exactly much of a, he- a helping hand to you was it so you no, know uh... no no between us we were just sat there nodding our heads going this doesn't work Fucking useless. I was. I think at the end of it became a WhatsApp message of Let, let's just get back on this next week, Rick, because this ain't working. Yeah, yeah. We just we just shit canned it, didn't we? In the end, <laughs> but yeah. Here we are. We're a, we're a week behind. Um, but such is life. You know, you 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 kind of deal with things and you roll and you roll with the punches. And and I suppose um, we're we're here to talk about uh, about training and about getting the winning edge and 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 about. Their mindset and how training and mindset go in together and all those kind of things. But uh, last week on the day we wanted to record, it, it was a significant day in your life, wasn't it? And and, yeah. and a significant day in your in your journey. And you you want to talk about this? We think this will be a, a great um, a topic to discuss. Topic is, is yeah. you know um, for the listeners. But also because of how these these significant effects in your life shape what you do, they shape your behaviours, don't they? So, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, I'll pass back to you. What what was that significant event, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah. So you know, last week on on the day we were actually going to record, ironically, because I think it was a, a Friday. Um, you know, it was the anniversary of my my dad passing away, which is. A really long fucking time ago now, so I sometimes wonder why um, I make a big deal of it. Sometimes, some years I do, some years I don't. It was actually thirty-eight years ago since my dad passed away. Um, I'm forty-nine, so do your own maths as to how young I was. But you know, some years are more significant than others as far as what's going on in my life, how much I kind of am thinking about it at the time beforehand the lead up to that day because obviously I know the date every year it's like knowing your birthday right you know it's kind of coming and some years it comes and goes some years I I don't really I barely think about it um you know and some years it just it's it's on my mind a lot more it just depends I think what's going on in my own life and where I'm at and I think recently doing this podcast becoming one of those kind of I don't know how to word it, but, you know, I'm at a time in my life where I, and I'm sure you are a lot, you know, kind of giving advice to younger people about their own 
lives, journeys, how to make things fucking happen for themselves. I'm not going to use the term success and all that shit. Just, just navigating, you know, youth for me, I'm helping a lot of people navigate, you know, their, their twenties by and large, becoming good trainers, becoming hopefully good people and, and finding their way through that kind of age group, 20 to 30 is, you know, my, my team and those kind of people that I work with. And, you know, every now and again, I kind of think I look back at, you know, my, I guess, life from the age of about 10 years old, maybe a bit younger to 20. And, and the things that happened in that 10 years where, I mean, you know, you've got a, you've got a son in that age group, right? You look at how important to a certain degree that age group is 10, 10 years to 20, a lot of fucking happens. You know, you leave your junior school, this is in the UK, high school, you know, high school and shit and all that time. It's a bit different in the US, but you know, you leave your junior school, you go to high school. That's a big, big fucking leap. It was for me. My junior school was like the smallest school on earth, right? So when I, I, leave, I left my junior school, one class was the whole year. So it wasn't like there's, you know, when you go to high school, there's like X amount of classes and then all these, this is your whole year. There's like maybe a hundred people in your year, right? We had mm-hmm. one class. It was an old school, little school. In fact, the school used to be a church, I believe. So the, our whole year was one class. So like 20 odd people, you know, and then you go to high school and I go to a high school and all of a sudden it's people from all sorts of different schools that came from much bigger schools, much mm-hmm. bigger pools of people. And you're thrust in as like me and a couple of other people from our school go to high school. Like, this is this is a whole new fucking world. I've got to try and navigate and become a part of and a piece of. And where do I fit? You know. And then you leave school within that ten year block as well and get a fucking job and start living a real life and growing up. Unless you went to to college and uh, you know university. So that ten year span for me was in some ways very different for, than, than, than a lot of other people's 10 year spam. When I look at, you know, my dad passing away from cancer, I actually looked at the years and I never really thought about this before, but it was only eight years after my dad died of cancer that I got diagnosed with cancer. So within that 10 year block that I'm talking about, all these things happened along with two very big significant things in my life. And I try and look back sometimes and go, fuck, how did, how did that shit shape me? What did I maybe miss out on and lose? And what did I maybe gain through those experiences? And how, if, if any way, can I even navigate using that to help motivate, inspire, or even just say, hey, look, you're not on your own, right? With some of us have, have had different, and it wasn't all shit, not wrong. 10 years is a, is a big, big block of life, but it was a, I look at what happens in that 10 years in some ways compared to like being 20 to 30, 30 to 40, a lot happens in that 10 years. And the most of the shittier things <laughs> that have happened in my life happened in those 10 years. Mm. Uh, and I guess that was where I was kind of, I've done a lot of thinking about that sort of stuff recently. And, and you know, that, that was, that was on my mind a lot. And that was the reason for kind of, I guess, making the topic of this comp this this podcast that story if if you will if mm-hmm. it's interesting <laughs> yeah absolutely well i think i think i think there's a two two 
two or three different routes we could go down. We always say about we 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 have a plan, don't we? We talk things through before we hit record, but then ultimately we want to go in the direction that that we go with this. And and the first thing I think obviously we could talk about your training, and you mentioned the fact you got poorly as well, and perhaps we'll come to that. But um, <clears throat> the first thing is that eleven years old, you know, your personality is not even formed yet he's figuring out who you are yeah it sounds like you had to grow up fast would that be fair to say yeah uh, yeah i mean yeah i mean you know it's i think you know to kind of just i guess backdrop the, the story pre you know my dad passed and i think you know from probably my dad was sick for a few years so it wasn't like he you know he got cancer died immediately kind of fought it a lot and one thing that i remember vividly and selfishly in some ways because as a kid no matter how sick my dad got i never believed he was gonna die it was still a shock mm. when he passed mm. away and, and if i go through the story as an adult and explain what happened and how he ended up looking and like it was fucking obvious I, as an adult i'd have been like okay fuck, he's, he's only got a few months left or a few weeks mm. or whatever but as a kid you don't really believe that and my mum was quite good at kind of in some ways hiding it a little bit so i remember you know junior school you remember this year we finished school at like quarter past three 20 past three and we'd all usually go and play football after school you know so and we lived quite close to the house you know we didn't need picking up i was we were only nine ten years old but we'd walk home we'd walk we'd stay on the on the school field usually play football and then go home and when my dad first started to get sick you know i grew up in somewhere i grew up in blackpool as i've mentioned which is about 45 minute drive Back then, there wasn't as much traffic to Manchester, and there was no cancer wards, hospitals, or anything in Blackpool. So Christie's, which you'll know well in Manchester, was the only place. So my dad um, was in Christie's, and me and my mum would pick up me and my brother after school every day to go and visit my dad. Between the ages, a bit on and off, but between the ages of like 9, 10, and then, and then 11. So even that starting point, when all the other kids were hanging out after school, playing football and doing their thing, me and my brother were like, okay, mum's here, jump in the car, hours yeah. drive to Manchester. And even then, you know, didn't really know the severity of what was fully going on, didn't really understand cancer and how any of that worked, just knew my dad was sick. Um, you know, she'd run in, mum would be like, you know, running, say hello to your dad. I'd have the football under my arm. Me and my brother would go outside and play fucking football for an hour. So yeah. even visiting my dad was like, couldn't get in and out the hospital ward quick enough. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Quick hug, da, 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 and, and out and play football. And my mum would have to come and grab us and be like, hey, we're leaving now. Say goodbye to your dad. Yeah. Right? And, you know, he looked, look, I, he looking back at that age, I wouldn't have done anything differently. What am I going to do? Sit in a room and, you know, I'm glad I didn't really understand what was going on. And yeah. My mum and dad were yeah. very good. Uh, you know, my mum my would sometimes make a bigger deal. Like, look, we've come all this way, spend some time with your dad. My dad would be like, no, 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 let him, let him go and play. Like, I'm fucking sit here and look at me being sick. So you were like, like what, 10 year old, nine year old? At yeah, the time? nine and 10. I mean, from what I believe, without like really trying to dig into the dates and stuff, like the whole process from him getting sick, going into hospital, um, then they thought he was getting better. They sent him home. And I remember him being at home for a little while. And that was the only time when. I kind of started to realize something was really wrong because, you know, as most of you probably know your cancer spreads up the body and it finally 
started to attack his brain and that's when he started to really change my dad never my dad disciplined us quite hard but never in his life did he hear us and he was a fucking clean freak he you know he, he decorated the house every single year from top to bottom house was, was pristine spotless in, in in a way that you know re fucking wallpaper retail do everything you know the car he was a mechanic right so he grew up you know, you know, he was a farmer originally, and then he was a mechanic by trade. So he was, he was just, he just did everything. Like the car never went to a garage, right? He serviced at home. You know, he did fix everything himself. You know, it was it was like meticulous. With your know, Sunday morning would be mow the lawn, like just plan. His whole life was fucking fixing shit, basically. And no sooner than he fucking finished, he'd start again the next year, right? So. You know, when he, when he started to get really sick and he was also at home, you know, there's a few things that went on whereby we, my mum had got a couple of dogs for some fucking random reason. And I don't know why she did that because it's not a good time to have them, but the dogs wrecked the fucking house. And we come in, me and my brother come in from school and the fucking, there's shit everywhere. My dad's just kind of sat there ignoring it. And I'm like, that's not, that, that's not him. And then another time me and my brother were fucking arguing and fighting and doing something or whatever. And my dad fucking blew up. Chases around the fucking house, grabbed my brother. I got away. I don't know where the fuck I ran off to, but I remember him hitting my brother. My mum came in and was like, fuck, what's going on? What are you doing? And I think th those were a couple of turning points at home where my mum was like, okay, he's not fit to be at home and be at home mm -hmm. on his own. Mm -hmm. And when you've not lived through, everyone's cancer story is a little different, but when you've not lived through the stages of cancer and yeah. what happens to an individual, you really don't know. Yeah, People see people going for chemo. They see the end they don't see the fucking buildup. They don't see the hard work of when the hospitals are in that in-between phase of, we're not sure there's much we can do for him now. They've got to go and have your, your chemo. You know, you can, you can be at home as long as everything's okay. But we were kind of realized that once they've gone to his brain, he just aims to the person. Yeah. It wasn't really my dad anymore. And then the next step. So that was a phase of him being at home. So that was, there was, there was the phase of going to Manchester and back nearly every day. Then he was back home for a little while. And then one thing again, as a kid, I didn't know. I didn't understand what a hospice was. I just thought it was a really fancy fucking hospital. I was like, oh, this place is nice compared to Christie's, right? Yeah. Because all of a sudden they moved into a hospice, which was a little closer um, uh, in a place called Bisbon. It was like 20 minutes outside Blackpool. But it was really fucking nice. So all of a sudden, when we go back to getting picked up from school, we go to the hospice at night. Um, and uh, same thing, you know, my, by this point, you know, my dad's got no hair left. His head's swollen up. His eyesight's almost gone. So he's like wearing glasses, but couldn't really see anything. And this was the point where as an adult, I would have been like, okay, this is, this is near the end. Yeah. But as a kid, I'm just like, well, this is part of the process of getting better, right? I didn't, again, still naively didn't think he was going to pass away. Didn't just, it didn't, it wasn't a topic of conversation. My mum never brought it up. My mum never prepared us for, Hey, this, this might happen. Da, 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 da. Um, and my dad just didn't, didn't let on anything. Everything was just about, you know, let him go out and play. So again, same thing. We get picked up, we go to the hospice, me and my brother, Hey dad, da, 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 outside play. Mm. An so my mum, kids come on in, fucking say goodbye to your dad, go home. Right. And that was our life for, for, for a few years. And then, you know, obviously, you know, the one night, for whatever reason, me and me and my brother didn't go to the hospice. I just remember my mum coming home quite late 
and kind of being like, you know, I've got something, you know, come into the living room, I've got something I need to, I need to tell you, da, da, da. and that was the, the time when she said, you know, your dad passed away this evening. And, um, you know, again, it was just, I can't really explain it. For me, it was very surreal. I didn't, I, I don't want to say I didn't acknowledge it, but I didn't know how to have any emotion about it. I didn't know how to get upset. I didn't know how to cry. I just, I don't know. I just bottled everything up and kind of dealt with that. And I was, again, I was in that stage, I was transitioning to high school. So it was my first year in high school. You know, and that took us, took me into getting into all sorts of different trouble because kids, kids can be fucking assholes, right? I mean, you don't ever want to think that you look back and think, but especially in the UK, I, I think how fucking awful we were as kids and the shit we'd say to each other. You know, I remember a couple of kids kind of, I can't remember the wording and I can't remember, but you're literally laughing. You know, the medallion fucking passed away because obviously, yeah. you know, and I got into a few fights because of that. Because the minute someone said something, like that, I'd fucking explode. I won some, lost some, but I didn't care who they were. I'd just fucking go at it and lose or win or, or whatever. Um, you know, I remember school teachers being like, we used to have to do RE, so like religious education. And the teachers were like, you know, if you don't want to do this class, then you know, you don't have to do it, uh, which led me, you know, not that I was ever religious anyway, but definitely led me away from having any belief in any of that shit. Because as a kid, I'm kind of like, fucking, there's some fucking God looking down on us all and, and this shit can happen. I know you've had shit happen in your life. I don't know. I won't get into religion because, you know, it's a whole other thing. But, you know, that very much, you know, set my mind on. That's bullshit, you know. Yeah someone's here to fucking protect us all and make us all feel and then you can let this shit happen. Yeah. You know, as a kid, you're like, there's no one more important than your mum and dad as a kid, right? And as a, and as a, as a male kid for me, I was very close to my dad. So there's, you know, as much as, you know, I love my mum, don't get me wrong. You know, my dad was the fucking, you know, the hero of the fucking house. Uh, yeah. And as a kid, your mum's just kind of your mum, the one that runs around nagging and making you do shit. You know, I, now I'm an adult, I look at my mum's life look at everything she had to go through yeah and i'm like fuck she's like the strongest woman in the world like i, I could not i could do a whole other podcast on my mum's life Preach, my dad's dad, host you, you and you're like still oh. kick your mum's still kicking as well isn't she and bang after yeah, yeah yeah so my mum's just turned 80 84 amazing you no know? and yeah you, you know it's things like that that as you get older you look at the years like when i was a kid and in my early you know, late teens, early twenties, and I'd say to people, you know, my dad passed away at forty-seven. It actually felt quite old. Mm. Like, well, you know, he had not had most of his life. But in my head, as a as a twenty-year-old, that seemed a long time away. And then when you actually become that age, which I now am, <laughs> you know, I'm older. You know, I remember hitting forty-seven and being like, "Fuck!" Like that, my dad's life was done two years ago for me, and I'm just like, mm. oh, "Shit, I want to do." so many things i need to have got so much fucking life left to live like 47 actually looking back now i'm like that's no age yeah you know, I look at the you know the life that i guess my mom and dad were probably planning that they never ended up having you know and you think fuck you know when i when i talk about life being short and i talk about these sort of things i think i i had it very much from my own perspective when i got sick at 19 20 years old myself that created a life is short attitude and then now looking back, even at my age now, you're like, fuck, life is short. You don't really know what's around the corner. And when I, when I look yeah. at things that have happened, you go, fuck, that's like, I'd be no fucking state to leave this planet right now. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, there's fucking no way. Like, I'd like to think there's a point when we get to, I don't know what age 
80, 90, whatever it might fucking be, where I'm like, you know what, I'm fucking done. There's nothing <laughs> left I want to do. There's nothing, you know, I, it, it is what it is, and, and I'm old, and, you know, my time's fucking gone, and I'm at peace with that. But fuck, I'm not at peace with it in my fucking late 40s. Yeah. Like, there's nowhere, and it shapes your thoughts a little bit. So, you know, that was... That was kind of the, the, the process I went through from sort of 9, 10, 11. And then, you know, into high school was really just, I guess, get on with it process. High school's fucking hard. Yeah. Uh, you, you know that in the UK, going through high school is not an easy, it's a very, it can be a very tough and not nice place to be if you don't work out where you fit. Yeah. You know, are you one of the kids that's, you know, getting more bullied? Are you one of the kids that's more top of the food chain? Are you somewhere in the middle? Are you one of the cool kids? Are you not? And, you, you know, you're trying to kind of fit in with all this. And, you know, I, I obviously went through a phase of without my dad being around, there was not really any, you know, or, 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 as cool as my mum was, there was no authority. I wasn't scared of my mum. Yeah. I mean, I was what she hit me once for something. I can't remember what I was like, oh, fucking hell. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I said or did, but it clearly wasn't fucking cool. But I, you know, I definitely went through school, first of all, navigating where I sat in things, but also having zero authority. My, my cool thing was I appeared to be able to do what I want. Yeah. Two other people. But that was basically me being a dick going, well, no one at home can stop me. No one's going to tell yeah. me. You know, the kids were like, oh, I've got to be home for seven. I've got to be in for eight. Yeah. My cool thing was I stay out all night for one. Which appeared cool, but was a really knobhead thing to fucking Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, you know. But, so, you got sick, right? Yeah. And, and my, you know, by my maths, at what, 19, 18, yeah. 19? Oh, 19... I was late, I was nearly 20. Um, and uh, <laughs> I guess funny, a funny story. So I, like the way it all happened, uh, I used to drive a forklift truck. The job I had was driving a forklift truck. And uh, at the time, I mean, it was at night, so it was nights. And actually I was I was working in a, in a small place just outside Liverpool, Ormskirk. So, you know, again, going Oof. back fucking rough like i that, I've, I've lived and worked and been in some rougher environments and i think people realize they see me in la and think fuck you know easy life to do this i've all no i mean look back then i just i i grew up and one thing my dad did leave me with was just fucking work you know i didn't leave school with any because i was a dickhead at school i didn't leave school with any qualifications left school at 15 and my thing was like well i'm just gonna work i'll just get a job as long as i get a job earn money so anyway, this particular job I had, I had a few jobs when I left school. Um, I tried being a mechanic. I wanted to do that because my dad was a mechanic. And then I realized I fucking hate being a mechanic and it wasn't me. I've crossed that off my list. I've got that on my list here. But I'm never going to... I'm going fix- to gonna leave it on because I want to just mention... I'm never, I'm I'm never going to be able to fix your fucking car. Don't stop, ask me. Stop stealing me thunder. We can't even turn okay. a fucking... We'll come back no, to- can't, we, can't turn a computer on record. Never mind fix a car exactly, anymore. Exactly, so, exactly. You know... But we can come back to that. I've got some funny, again, whole other fucking podcast about being. Yeah, anyway, yeah. So anyway, at the time I'd, I'd, I'd left doing that and I got this job um, in, a, in a big warehouse. I worked nights, which for, for, for being an 18, 19 year old was good money working at night. So I was opposite to all my friends. I worked Sunday night to Thursday night and then I had Friday, Saturday off. And I'd drive in the foot. I, I don't know how I used to get there and back. Like I had no tax, no insurance, fucking shitty fiesta. Right, but again, for me, it was like, I've got to go to fucking work. Yeah, I'd put five pound 
petrol in petrol yeah just to yeah. get to work i'd be and i'd be driving home at 4 a.m 5 a.m in the morning with it on the red light on the red and I'd literally four, four, was it four gear fiesta was it Fiesta yeah. popular four, something four, like that the fucking day you need to get to work and back but again it was like work was was a thing like i never had any problem working hard i understood from a very young age that the only way i was going to make money is to have a fucking job like the thought of not working never entered my head and no matter how fucking hammered or whatever we got at weekends and shit always went to work on a monday so i was working nights i, I remember this i'll never forget the night because i was jumping on and off the fucking seat so it'd be like i would drive the forklift and then i'd have to load up the the pallet on the front right so you go up and down these big fucking aisles making a big delivery and then you'd go and put it out onto the fucking delivery area and then i'd go and do the next one so it involves a lot of get out put something on the fucking thing jump back in the seat and if you've ever fucking driven a forklift truck these seats are really fucking bouncy so you jump in bounce around and halfway through the night i kept jumping back on the seat and my fucking groin i mean i'm fucking grabbing it now and i shouldn't i'm on fucking screen because i can't like it's that vivid that i remember like the pain throughout the night was getting worse and this throb was getting worse and just and, just and just so we're clear this is in the crown jewels right yeah so i was yeah. just about to say for yeah. the audience's benefit i had tested yeah. cancer so it was basically my my ball was fucking like expanding and i didn't know this because i did, I just got on with work thought I'll, I'll check it out properly when i finish my shift and i just kept putting up with it all night and it kept getting more and more painful more and more painful and uh, i finished my shift i took all my fucking shit off and I, and I go to the bathroom and I'm just like, I swear, my fucking, my, 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 my ball was like, at this point, it was probably a bit bigger than a fucking, like, a, as hard and a bit bigger than a golf ball. And, they had and, they, and this and this was quite a quick thing then, right? Yeah, and again, this is apparently lucky for me that it, that it was. So then I drive all the way home. And again, I'm being vivid, but I'm being vivid because I think people don't understand what goes on and no one talks about this shit, right? And now I'm a lot, you know, but at the time I didn't talk about it because I was embarrassed. As I've got older, I'm just like, well, fuck, I've lived with this for fucking, you know, 30 fucking years. So it is what it is. Um, I get home and it's fucking continued to swell. And at this point, I'm still in denial about something. I think, okay, just get into bed and it'll just, it'll go down after some sleep. It's just swollen. But by this point, it's like a tennis ball. And when I say like a tennis ball, I lie in bed and the only way I could get it to stop hurting was to like rest it on my thigh. Like, so I'm sat, like, and I'm like, because I've got to get to fucking sleep. I'm hoping I'm going to wake up and it's just back to fucking normal. Clearly not. So I get up in the morning and I'm like, it's not fucking fixed. And I'm like, okay. and it's fucking painful as fuck. So, you know, like any, you know, 19 year old adult does, I got up left my shitty little apartment and went to my mum's. <laughs> Not the doctor's. I mean, to, 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 to put some context into that, my mum... I didn't expect you to say that. No, my mum was a lifelong nurse, right? So I'm kind right. of... Like, I go to my mum because I'm like, mum, I think I've got a fucking problem. <laughs> I'm like... Not the person. Like, the last time my mum saw me with no, nothing, no fucking clothes, and I was probably like fucking four. Yeah. So I was like, look, I go... Anyway, look, in, in the end, my mum's like, look, you just... This, this doesn't sound good. I'm not going to fucking check it for you. I'm your fucking mum. Let's go to the, to the doctors. So we go to the doctors. And that's the first time you know, I explain what's going on. The doctor takes a quick look. And he's like, this, this, this doesn't go right. Yeah. And it's the first part where 
the word cancer comes up. So it's like, look, it, it looks like a tumour. It could be benign, could be nothing, or it could be cancer. And I was yeah. like, okay, that doesn't sound fucking good. Yeah. But again, back then as a kid, my, my, my way of dealing with things was not to deal with things. If I'm perfectly honest, it was to, okay, well, I'll not fix it. And I ain't got time to think about this. I ain't got time for any of this shit. What do I need to do about it? So they send me to the to the hospital to have the proper scans. So they do all the scans and they do, I think, I'm pretty sure they did it all in one day because I, I went to the, to the doctors in the morning. They're like, we'll get the scans, we'll get the results. We need to do this quick and then come back here this afternoon and I'll we can get a better yeah. idea of what we need to do about it. Yeah. So I go have the scans, I come home and then I go, I go back to the doctors for the results. And that's the moment they're like, okay, it's cancer. And I was like, okay, so what do we do about it? Um, and it was all a bit of a blur. Then it was all really quick. It was very much like, well, we need to remove it, uh, remove the tumor, you know, do this, do that. And, and, and I think I was in hospital ready for the, for the op within, within a few days. Like it yeah. wasn't long. And they yeah. did say, look, the fact that you caught this so quick and it was so painful was a good thing. Because right. apparently a lot of tumours will grow and the lumps are there and people ignore it and it depends where. So again, in some ways, it was lucky it was where it was because that's why yeah. it's fucking painful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, any guy probably listening to this is already cringing like fucking being like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Um, so th- there was a, an element of luck that it was there. Like I could have got a lump somewhere else in my body and ignored it for months. Yeah. As we tend to. Fuck it. And then by the time it does get checked out, it's gone too far. So luckily it was fairly condensed into that one area. Um, they recommended six weeks of, of chemo just to be sure that nothing had kind of because again, again, the cancer cells spread up the body. So wherever you get it initially, your next, you know, sort of checks are going to be chest x-ray, lung x-ray, and make sure yeah. there's no there's no cancerous cells traveling up and are still in your body that are then going to cause it somewhere else. And yeah. that's why when people get it bad, it starts in one place. Next thing it's here, the next thing it's here, and it'll travel yeah. up until it hits yeah. you, right? So luckily it's fairly clear, but they say, look, to be on the safe side. So I do, I do, I do six weeks of chemo. I was only off work a week. Um, and then I went straight back to work. So I was just like, well, I've got to fucking work for a start. I'm, I don't want to be off. I don't want to lose my job. I was—I think I was in the gym the following week. I remember walking around the gym like fucking John Wayne. I got the fucking biggest, baggiest tracksuit bottoms on, but I didn't tell anyone what had happened. I was going to say you—you you didn't miss training, mate. Come on, let's not be stupid. No. But again, it was part of being in denial. Mm-hmm. Part of being—I I didn't tell anybody what had happened to me. So I—I I got diagnosed. I went in hospital. I took the week off work, and I just told people. Um, that had an operation, and I didn't tell anyone what happened. Yeah, and, and I didn't, I didn't open up and tell anyone that had happened probably for quite a few years. Was was that embarrassment? Was it fear? Was it what was the what was the reasons for that? Yeah, probably, I, I, I'll be honest, and it's, it's it's actually embarrassing to say that it was embarrassment now as an adult. But yeah, yeah. it was embarrassment. Like yeah. I, I, I didn't know how to explain what I'd had to have removed, mm. even though. If I didn't have it removed, I would have died. So it's kind of like, you know, what do you want, right? So I, you know, there's, there's, there's no choice in these things. But as a, as, a, as an 18, 19 year old kid, well, 19, 20, you know, you're at that prime of 
Yeah. Your whole life's about that. I don't want to admit it, but your whole life's about the opposite sex going yeah. out. You, 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 you manly. Hood. Everything's and embarrassing as well, in it. Everything's right? embarrassing. Yeah. So I, I just, I just chose not to talk about it. I chose that people are like, oh, hey, what's what was your nose before? Was and I just make sure. Until people stopped asking, and luckily, because I, I didn't have a long phase of chemo, I didn't lose my hair or anything. So again, there was no, there was no obvious signs. It was just a six-week blast to make sure nothing, mm-hmm. nothing had spread, and then life, in some ways, you know, got back to normal. I was just like, "Fuck it, right, I, I, I'm good. The op, the op's gone, gone well. Things are cleaned I, up, and, and, and now I, I crack on with life." And that, that's kind of how I, how I didn't deal with it. Should just be. Just to throw my bit of humour in there, because you know what I'm like, and not many, a few listeners might, but, you know, just in case you don't. Did you get them to stick a bit of extra length on while they were in there, or what? <laughs> well, if I'd fucking known, like, you know, <laughs> I probably should have been like, hey, how can we make this better? Yeah. These yeah. are some improvements to be done here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, no, absolutely, fucking hell, I could have, yeah. They could have done a bit. They could have fucking done me a, a favour. Yeah, there. could have helped you out a bit. You yeah, know what I mean? Tough enough. Like, let, let, let me wake up with an improvement. Yeah, all yeah. good. But no, they don't. Well, so all jokes aside, you've had major operation, major illness. Fingers crossed, you've been all right ever since. Yeah, yeah. But you you were training anyway, weren't you? And I think it's the right time to bring this in, but. Did, did this then play a role in your life of training? Because you have dedicated your life to training afterwards. So, did your dad and did the illness, either or, or both, have any bearing on the decisions you made in your life with training? I think um, that's a really tough one to answer because, like you said, I was already training. Exercise and sport was already a big part of my life. My dad got me into sport, you know, at a young age anyway. And I think, if I'm honest, the the training and the sport and the competing was I had two two escapisms. One was training because I fucking loved it, and I loved like competing and stuff. But my my dark side was the getting smashed. So if, if, if I had this thing and, I, and, you know, I look back and I'm like, fucking hell, I don't know how I managed both. I know, obviously, one affected the other a lot. And, I, and who knows? I don't think I was ever talented enough to have made anything more of my life from a sporting stand, standpoint. But the fact that I love fucking going out and getting wasted at the same time didn't really fucking help. So I end up in this life where somehow... And probably this is why I'm so tired as an old person. I don't know. Because I went through 10 years, especially my 20s, of vigorously fucking training for sport. Getting very fucking drunk at weekends, amongst other things. And never missing a day of work. And I look back at that and go, how the fuck did I manage that? But again, you know, I've talked about this recently to a few people. And there there was a very... I, I grew up with very good morals, luckily, and I think they came from my dad, they came from my mum, definitely. And for all the bullshit I've done, all the mistakes I've done, all the not very nice things I did, especially during that time from like 20 years onwards, there was always a moralistic thing that drew me back to something. I've got to get up for work. I don't care how fucking smashed I am. I've got to go to work on a Monday. I've got to, you know, and again, there was an element of 
even in those three environments, I don't want to say I was looking for like a, a father figure replacement, whatever to my dad. But when it comes to going out, I hung out with older guys. Yep. So I was like 19, 20 and I was going out and hanging out with 25 year olds that were into a lot of dodgy shit. But that was exciting to me at that age. Mm-hmm. Right. Looking back, it's fucking stupid. But it was exciting to me at that age. I wanted to be a bit of a part of that. I wanted to be seen with those guys. Like at 20 years old, I could walk in the local pub. No fucking mess with me. Not because I was the hardest guy in the fucking world, but because they knew who I knew. Yeah. And that gave me that sense of protection that I guess I never had not having a dad, right? So that was yeah. one area where I'm like, I want to impress these guys. I want to be around these guys. And obviously being around those guys involved drinking fucking other things. And, and it led to a ton of stuff that I had to end up getting out of because it was going to send me down a really bad path. Mm-hmm. The the training side, so the, the gym and the boxing gave me that other, I guess, father figure type person to look up to and impress. Yeah, yeah. The coaches, the, you know, the, the I, would, I, so I would never miss training because I didn't want to let them down. So kind of never missed going out because I didn't want to let those guys down. And I wanted to be yeah. part of that scene and be seen as, you know, fuck, you you know these guys type fucking thing. You know that world, right? It's not impressive as you get older, but it's mm-hmm. it, it fucking helps things. I mean, even as I got older in the fight game, I was always involved in people where, you know, people knew who you knew. We've had this conversation recently. Me and you go out in Manchester now and no fucking knows who we are. And you're a bit like, you feel yeah. more vulnerable. You just yep. do. When yep. when I was around those people, I never felt vulnerable. Yeah. Because I knew no one would touch me because if they did, they would have to deal with those guys. Yeah. The gym was a was was the gym and the boxing was all about impressing my coaches, looking up to my coach. Now they knew what I was up to outside of there and they'd be like, fucking John, you gotta get your shit together. But at the same time, I never missed training. So I almost had another world. Those two worlds were kind of separate. And then work, I wanted to impress my boss. So I'd never miss work. I wanted to be the hardest fucking worker. I wanted to be known as a good employee. So somehow I juggled those three things. And looking back, the, the, the way I got through it, and the reason I I don't want to say it was successful or three, I don't think you can be successful at going out and partying, but there was an element of looking up to those three groups, whether yeah. it be my boss and putting them on a bit of a pedestal and making sure that I didn't want to let them down. I wanted to be seen as this and trying to impress my coaches I wanted to impress and yeah, I wanted to impress the fucking guys that I hung out with that were all older than me. And, you know, looking back, we're not really the kind of guys I should, should have been trying to impress, but I was 20 years old. And at the time that was the kind of, and that's the town I grew up in. Everyone was fucking, they were all fucking grafters and fucking chances and doing shit on the side to make a ton of money. Like you, you yeah. walk somewhere like I grew up, none of those guys are driving nice cars and parking up in 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 in, in smart in, in smart expensive fucking clothing in the pub on a regular fucking wage right they only had those things by living a certain lifestyle and as a kid growing up that looked cool luckily for me it took me a long time but i found a a legitimate more legal way <laughs> to make some good money in my older age and have some very nice things but as a kid i could have quite easily done it that way and you yeah. know things would have yeah. turned out quite as well, but yeah, that, I would say that's in a nutshell how I managed to juggle three things that should not have been juggled. Blackpool's version of yin and yang, mate, is that it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty uh, much. yeah. And I think 
what you were talking about then a minute ago is role models and and we all need role models don't we and it's about finding positive role models rather than rather than um not not negative because i you know these guys you know they they make their life choices but they're yeah. not dare i say it they're, they're not always bad people but I, I i've i've smirked about three or four times while you've been um while you were talking then and uh people might notice if well they will now because i've just said <laughs> it but uh um but it's because you, one of your big <laughs> one of your big values let's say and your ethos was not missing work on a monday and oh, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i'm just chuckling to myself trying not to hold trying to hold it in about i mean i didn't share that, <laughs> that value you know, when we used to when we used to go out that anybody i don't think monday was really a day of work for you to be honest. not for me mondays not it for me now but... just to be clear rick works yeah 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 before. yeah when we were younger yeah monday was not a monday was not a uh a very consistent day for you should we no so, no it wasn't I mean, and that, that's the rest of the week went on but yeah that's all i was i was chuckling about there but mate you know listen thanks for sharing your story these things they, they matter they matter because it is life it's the ups and downs of life and, and you mentioned something earlier uh when you said it was when we talked about um oh about Ormskirk and about you said yeah. like you live you live in LA now and and I think it's easy for people to look at some of the things that you've done we've done the places we've been all that kind of stuff and people think you've had it easy in life or you've had a silver spoon or you've had You've had you've had luck, you know, or, or whatever, but but it, it's all built sadly on a foundation of hardship, isn't it? And a foundation of, you know, yeah, having a, a great upbringing by the sounds of it, but then equally a really really tragic one as well. Um, I think it's really important for our listeners to hear that those personal stories, and and that it's not all about. Uh, of course, it, you know, it's about doing well and making money and having nice things, but but equally, it's not because life is life is fucking precious, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, you know, look, I, I try to look back and I don't, I try not to have regrets. I try to look back at everything and go, look, a lot of, a lot of things happen for a reason and a, a lot of things have helped mould me, you know, more and more into the person that I am. And, you know, there's things that I look back on that I'm not proud of, absolutely. But, you know, like I said, I, th I think about some things and there's so many little things that sometimes I've almost forgotten, right? When I was, I remember when I was working in Omskirk for a while, I was homeless for a little while. And uh, I was squatting. This this other guy was on his arse as well. We were both working for the same company. And I had nowhere to live. I got I got done for, for drink driving. And uh, I almost got sent down because not only did I get drunk for drink driving, I smashed my car into a fucking other car. My car was full of drugs that I was using for the next night that I was supposed to pass on to other people. And anyway, it was a bad, bad scenario. And that was that was probably the peak of things going, of me having to turn my life around. Because at that point, it was like, okay, th this is fucked. I've just, not only was, I was borrowing my mum's car, it wasn't even my car. I wrote my mum's car off. End up in court, lost my license. And you know, I needed my car, even though, it wasn't insured and shit to get to to Ormskirk to work. So when that, but again, even all that happening was like, okay, fuck, I, I can't not go to work. Most yeah. people at that point would be like, well, you can't drive to work, so 
the actual Tough job luck. as well. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not prepared to let my job go. So I I got a I think I got a B and B for a week. The week the week after it happened, went to work, lived in the B and B, and then I was talking to people at work and saying, look, this fucking situation. I mean, anyone got a fucking room somewhere I can stay, whatever. Anyway, this other guy was in all sorts of hardships, and he says, look, I'm staying in this fucking house. It's not legal. It's fucking scousers for you, right? So I go, I take a backpack of stuff, a fucking sleeping bag, no heating, no lighting, no everything. It's a, it's a fucking squat. Yeah. I know what the fucking fucker squat was at that time, mate. I'm like, yeah. oh, so you're, you, you're just staying in this house. It's not even yours. It's not. Anyway, I stayed there for a few weeks, four or five weeks. And luckily, off the back of that and off the back of not, um, not quitting my job and not ending up with nothing, um, a guy that used to work for that company was running a, a, a company. Something, I used to drop stuff off there every now and again. There was another warehouse company under the same sort of umbrella. And he was looking for someone uh, in, in um, it was in St. Anne's, so it was much closer to Blackpool. I could fucking get a bus there or whatever. Yeah, He didn't know about my situation, but he was like, look, you know, you fucking drive an hour there and back to work every day. Do, you know, I'm needing someone. Do you want to come and work for me? Yeah. And he, you know, spoke to the to the bosses. They all knew each other. I'm like, look, can I can I take John and have him work for me? And they knew nothing about the background and what was going on. But that allowed me to move back to Blackpool properly, get mm-hmm. a job there. I got myself a little apartment, and that got me out of that whole yeah big mess, um, if you will. Who knows where that had gone if that hadn't have happened? But again, it's just those opportunistic, like the fact that I didn't give up on my job when most would, without any means to get there opened up the door for another job that got me back to Blackpool, that got me back in a situation where, okay, now I can, I can fucking cycle to work if I need to. Yeah. Things are all good again and I can yeah. rebuild from there. And then anyway, the fitness industry happened literally not very long after that because that's when mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, I, I can't do this shit any longer. But, so yeah, for, for me, everything's always been circumstantial and the fact that I somehow stuck strong to a certain few models throughout all the, the shit stuff that I did we talked about on a previous podcast, those were the things that somehow opened a fucking door. And my life lesson has always been to a certain degree. And I say to the people, just somehow find a way to keep fucking going because something will, will turn around. If you give up, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I totally agree. No surrender. There's no quit. And um, I think, you know, I mentioned before about, a bit about yin and yang and, and a bit about mindset and all that kind of stuff because that's what we're here to talk about, isn't it? Um, I, I love when people talk about manifesting and I believe in all that stuff. We we both yeah. kind of we both do. We, we we've spoken about this and and we'll speak about it again, no doubt. But manifesting and do the work and and everything that you've said there is there is a foundation of hard work. There's always been a foundation of hard work. Um, and I think that's the biggest lesson I've taken from listening today is that, you know, life will sometimes deal you a shit hand, but you have to carry on and you have to. There's a million reasons to quit or not turn up to work or not show up in anything you do, but you have to keep working hard and you have to keep plowing forward. Nobody is going to pay your bills for you, are they? No, and, and like you said, the, the manifesting things become a big big thing and you know i i'm like you i believe in it but there's many 
there's many parts to it, you know, and especially, you know, like you, I, I deal with a lot of people, you know, of a very different generation. And when they talk about manifesting, I'm like, manifesting doesn't mean sitting at home in your fucking bed, not doing yeah. anything and fucking wishing for shit to happen. You know, yeah. literally just did a mini post about something similar this morning because it was on my mind. And it's like, manifesting comes in many ways and it's not dreaming. <laughs> it's not sitting around dreaming and wishing and hoping something's yeah. going to happen, right? You can manifest where you want to be in the future, but you have to also go, okay, what are the fucking steps I'm going to yeah. take? What do I need to do? And what are the, the values that I just need to keep doing? Even if I don't know how I'm going to get there and I don't know how this is going to come, come to fruition fully, there has to be a plan behind your manifestation, right? So yes, believe it's going to happen. Yes, do your mindset work to be, convinced in your own head you're going to get to wherever it is you want to be and whatever that is but that's that's only 10 percent of the work you know the rest of the work actually has to be planned out done delivered step by step take a left turn if you need to or a fucking right turn whatever it is the manifestation yeah. part coming comes in if somehow i'm going to get here Whatever, whatever here is this is how i'm going to get there how that ends up looking is a million fucking different ways and i've not half the things I've ended up getting didn't, didn't come about the way I planned them to. Mm -hmm. Luckily, semi got them anyway, but not not with my initial plan, not with the way I thought it was going to fucking go. Yeah, not yeah. in the time frame. Absolutely, not yeah. with the people I thought it might have happened with, and all those sort of things. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you, but I think there's there's a whole other topic on a manifestation and how that really well I think, I think we'll cover that at some point won't we yeah. um mate just just a final thing for me before we sort of close off yeah. you mentioned mum or mum and dad yeah yeah one of them had had dogs right yeah, i've got i've got it on my notes here you've got some dogs now haven't you yeah 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 you posted about them the other day <laughs> The fucking nuts! I, 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 look, I love my fucking dogs. They're crazy. I've got a couple. One's a one's a, a pit bull, full kind of pit bull. They get bad fucking rep, but they're they're fucking they're great dogs. The other ones like a bulldog pit bull, fucking mix, but they're both nuts. But no, I love them to bits, but they're fucking hard work. Like I I somehow managed to pick two of the dogs that are just the least chilled dogs. In yeah, the and they're a lot. They're a lot of work, a lot of energy. But I take I take a lot from like. You know, I've never been a big animal fucking lover. I fucking barely look after. But myself. you've got two massive dogs. Yeah, I fucking hate it. Like I have put off having pets my whole life because I'm just like, oh fucking, I ain't got time to take them for a walk. I've not got time to feed them. Got time. It's all about me. Like I'm fucking, I ain't got time for any of this shit. And then we got them, and you kind of, you know, there's an element sometimes where you can just sit back with 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 pets and animals and kind of see that that level of simplicity that animals bring to the world. And that level of like unconditional, you know, love. All you got to do is fucking feed them. Yeah. For a bit of a walk. And they look at you every day you walk in, they look at you like they're the fucking greatest human being on earth. They might piss on you every now and again. But, you know, even then they look at you as if to be like, well, did you not like that? Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of good. They, they, when, when, when they're not being annoying, they, they can bring a little bit of peace to your life you sit around and all, all can be falling around you know around you and you you sometimes look at them on the sofa and go shit's not that bad yeah <laughs> you know i, I mean I, I can't lie when you post videos of them terrorizing you it fucking makes my day i'm not gonna lie oh they're fucking so, they're, they're, yeah. 
it's a double-edged sword. They're fucking crazy and they can be annoying, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be. I almost fucking, I almost fucking got another one the other day. Long story. Yeah, well. Uh, um, mainly because I would rescue, like they're all rescues. That's the thing, yeah. rescue the dogs. I don't go out and buy fucking designer dogs that have been to or whatever. Like these are rescue dogs that, that someone else didn't want. And there's, there's a big part to giving your animal a fucking good home when it's not been very well looked after or treated. So, you know, I, I that that's a big part of of it as well. It's not just they're not just dogs. Yeah, um, we've gone off on a few different tangents yeah, today, yeah. and and, and I wasn't expecting the dog comment. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? I'm just I'm just saying I'm just saying writing me yeah. notes and writing things that I think spring you know yeah. would spring to my mind. But I think to close off, mate, I think um, you know, thanks for sharing your story. I think it's really relevant. I think there's a lot in there for all of us. I'm sure your dad would be um would be super proud of you and not just because of the materialistic things or or even anything to do with career. I think it's about values and I think turning your life around when it could easily have gone down the wrong path, <clears throat> could easily have lived a, a very different life. Uh, that's the harder choices. Um so you know, um, I'm sure he'd be super proud of that. Super proud of who you are. Uh, gym owner, dog lover. <laughs> That's it. That's going to go on my tombstone. There we go. There we go. Whenever. So um, remember that. Hopefully, you know, you might have to write it. because you. I was going to say, yeah. If you live longer than me, then just remember that slogan because you know, it might come in handy. I can't see that, but anyway. Um <laughs> Um, I don't know. But... Yeah, well, you're knocking on a bit now, though, aren't you, mate? So you never know. So, yeah. Uh, uh, thanks for today. Thanks for being vulnerable and honest with everybody. Um, this has been the Winning Edge podcast. I'm Rick. This is John. If there's anything else from you, mate. No, no, all good. Thank you for this. Hopefully this is, you know, for anyone having gone through any of this sort of stuff or going through any of that sort of stuff at the moment, um, yeah, if there's any similarities anything that fucking makes you realize you're not alone on this fucking shit then hopefully that kind of helps a little bit but that's it for me love it well someone's smashing barbells in the background there (laughs) yeah yeah all right guys till next time take it easy we'll see you soon see you later bye